Yeah, so uh, that's just a recap of the discussion we had yesterday uh, with uh, the folk from uh, Didi and uh, some of the comments that had come through uh, from some of the drivers uh, across the length and breadth of our country. Now, let me maybe just recap. The issues are many, but there were three issues for me that were of concern. The one is this idea that in the same sentence, we can call people part-time employees and also call them entrepreneurs. Uh, you can't. They are not. These things are not synonymous. It's not the same thing. That's the first thing. The second thing is this idea that the platform, as many platforms do, I mean, go and ask any restaurant owner what happens, you know, with the likes of Uber Eats or Mr. T and whatever. You know, they set the own, their own terms around the commissions they get, you know, and all of that. And you list and you enroll onto their platform on their terms. Now, the question we posed yesterday was, can some of the workers collectively alongside Didi determine uh, the rate per kilometer and by extension, the the wages that they would get if indeed they are part-time employees? Uh, And the answer was, "Eh, yeah, in some cases they can. And the drivers made it clear that that's not the case. Then I think the last issue is really around uh, this idea of, of the potential for social dialogue around conditions of work. So this idea that, yeah, you can log off if you want, but no, actually you're compelled to do this work just on the basis of how little you make in relation to some of the costs and the risks that you take on. Insurance is yours, tires are yours, cleaning the car is yours, uh, you know, the installment for the car is yours. So really you don't have, it's not a real choice to opt out because you really have to make back some of that money and uh, we'll continue uh, uh, with this particular story uh, and also get some reflections from people who are part of the process, which is the last issue around regulation. There are permits that are supposed to be issues that in a way frame the market. Who are the participants? How many of them operate? Uh, So that you don't just now go buy a car, join this thing, and then you realize the market's saturated and you're not going to make any money. But it's quite clear here that people are, there's some guerrilla style things that are happening here. Uh, And uh, that's what we want to hear this evening. Watuka Mbelengwa is the founder of the Public Private Transport Association, joins me now on the line. Watuka, good evening to you and welcome. Good evening, Nayabonga. Thank you for having me. Batuka, let's start here, man. Uh, so, yourselves, Public Private Transport Association, you guys are involved in some of the processes of discussion around regularizing this type of work. Maybe just let us in on that work before we come back to the issue of DD. Well, as the Private Public Transport Association, you know, we formed ourselves to begin to engage issues within sector. Um, we've represented driver at the Competition Commission and other major public platforms. We've made major recommendations. And we are we, we are trying to spearhead some really um, you know some really cutting edge solutions onto how do we then take control of this industry and make sure we begin to direct beneficiation towards participants towards those who've invested into this sector. So 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 in a way, Batuka, you you guys are involved in a lot of the advocacy and regulatory type work um, and uh, maybe just talk us briefly I guess through sort of you've mentioned the competition commission but on this issue of permits wh- what has that been? Well look firstly we, this is an unregulated industry but if you're going to look at it from a National Land Transportation Act perspective there's distinctly no difference between us and meter taxis just looking at it from a perspective of law. Now when you look at how meter taxi permits were initially issued you needed to go to your local council, which then determined the demand and issued permits based on that basis. And then came an e-hailing, which then sort of adopted a position of self-regulating. There is no 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 permit, and 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 the lady uh, uh, Ms. Karina from Didi was was I think she was she was attempting to 
to politely mislead us or, or, or just maybe undermine our intellect. There is no e-hailing permit. Um, or the institutions that can issue permits are Department of Transportation, Traffic Department. It's not for them to, to determine who then gets a, a permit. Okay. And, and there's a difference Batuka? between an operator Batuka? and a permit as well. Let's do this. Uh, I want you to explain that distinction, but we're just battling with your line. So let's try to call you back. Hold the line there for me for a second uh, and uh, you'll get our producer there and we'll try and call you on a much better line because I think this idea of an operator permit and an e-hailing permit and the distinctions that are being drawn here are very, very, very helpful. I'm going to try and get hold of uh, Batuka there, uh, but uh, let's take this brief break and uh, try and reconnect our line with him. Batuka, do we have you back on a better line? I think so. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Just try and move around, though. You're coming across very faintly, my brother. Okay, okay. okay. Yes, that's much better. Yes, 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 yes. So you were explaining the distinction between a permit and maybe explain the other thing as well. All right. An operator card essentially just confirms that your vehicle is fit for public service. You know, and Department of Transport can issue it based upon doing its own assessment and confirming that your vehicle is fit and it's, got a, it's done the, the, the necessary vehicle compliance and safety checks. A permit is then issued at Department of Transport that then specifies which sector you fall within. So as a meter taxi operator, you'll get one that is aligned to that sector. As a tourism operator, you'll get one aligned to that operator. Now, most people within inhaling don't have a, a permit or operating with a false permit or an incorrect permit. Mm, I see what you mean. So so are you suggesting even in the case of the incumbents, uh, and when I say incumbents, I'm talking about Bolt, I'm talking about uh, you know uh, Uber, and uh, there, of course, would be other platforms as well. Are those also, uh, I guess, you know, operating in this gray area? Yes, yes. So, for example, Karina mentioned that you either you have a permit or you must have a slip that confirms that you've applied for a permit. Uh. But... Um, they have the, 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 the last permit to be issued was somewhere 2010, 2009. So these permits aren't being issued. We're just paying and getting these slips, and, and there's no end in sight to, into this matter. Oh, so people aren't so getting permits, but you're getting slip for showing that you've applied or you're part of the process of applying. Yes. Ah, okay. All right. Okay. But I think it speaks to the greater dialogue of regulation, where the buck should stop, and mm. how should accountability be dispersed within sector. <laughs> and it also speaks to you know if I if I if I if I'm to respond to directly to some of the things um, you, your 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 guest last night mentioned, for example, the matter of pricing, how's the pricing set up? Yeah, uh, you know I think it's 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 rather shameful that somebody came on to represent an industry that wants to say it's going to work with people, but can barely mention what a base fare is within that organization, what a price per kilometer is within that space. And let me tell you why this behavior is showing itself, right? Uber, when it first came out in Bolt, we were clear. There's a base fare of 20 rand, and then there's a kilometer charge of 7 rand 50. Mm. Now, fast forward to the current situation. Even when you look at a, 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 a invoice that is sent to the driver, you'll see time spent, there'll be no allocation. So you won't, if you drive for 20 minutes, you know, there's usually a time charge per minute. You are not sure what that is. There's going to be a kilometer charge. You won't see what the per kilometer charge is. You'll see the total charge. So, you know, we're, not, we're no longer sure. Are we moving at 7 rand 50 per kilometer? Are we moving at 6 rand per kilometer? There's a lack of transparency. And that behavior of not being certain as to what the cost is or what the charge is, 
is very disingenuous. You know, it's easy to say we're going to be charging 18%. What informs that 18%? And then what are you going to further load it on? And I guess the question is 18% of what? Exactly, 18% of the total trip. That's, that's, that's what she, if I, if I recall correctly, they, Didi came out to say they charge will be 18% to the driver, right? Mm. Yeah, so that's what, yeah, she said that. But, but I think for me, what's unclear, uh, Batuka, is as you say, there's a base fare, which is just, you know, just for requesting, you're paying that. Then there's the fare that is linked to mileage. And I didn't get a clear response around uh, what the mileage cost is per kilometer. Because, of course, if we have a clear sense of that, then we know what 18% is. Uh, because if I go for, you know, 5 kilometers and it's 7 rand a kilometer, 35 rand plus a 20 rand, 55 rand, you take your 18% of that. I don't know what that would be. Probably around sort of 11 rand somewhere there. And that's it. If you look at the other operators in the space, it's sitting at closer to 30%. Because they'll come out and say, we charge 15%, 25%, and then they're loaded with the booking fee, they're loaded with the payment fee, mm. and then at the end of it, they're taking 30 to 33% of, your, of, of the revenue you've generated. Let's talk about wage determination. Um, and I guess maybe we've, we've sort of covered that, but determination of the conditions of work. Um, you know, we've spoken about the sort of money issue, but, um, you know, there are certain things, if you're suggesting that people are employed, be it part-time or full-time, there are certain obligations that come with that time off, certain benefits, occupational health and safety, uh, unemployment insurance fund uh, for, you know, God forbid, if somebody can't work for whatever reason, um, and uh, even in instances of maternity and that type of thing. Uh, Clearly, uh, and maybe you must tell me here if there is any of the uh, platforms that are incumbents that are doing this, because as I said, this is not about DD per se, but this is about the entire sector. Are any of these sort of rights available to some of the members that you've worked with? No, no, no. So there, there is, there is no will. There is no, there is no dialogue towards ensuring that some sort of beneficiation structure is created within sector. Mm. Uh, in fact, what often happens, and this is what I'm also picking up in the dialogue from Didi, is that they want to come out as though they are, they are going to be heroes, or they are going to be some sort of savior to say, oh, we're giving drivers a better app. Oh, we're introducing 40 new safety features. But these are, these are non-tangible safety features. They're not going to provide any real safe solutions, right? What we do need, what we do need is a partner that's going to say, gents, how can we assist? We are a tech partner. What can we then decide upon together? What we do need is a partner that will actually commit themselves to a relationship reflective of a partnership where they are joint decision-making platforms. Mm, mm, Do you understand? This is mm. something that doesn't exist within industry. So as TPTA, this is now the direction we are taking. We are saying we are tired of diagnosing this problem. Ayabanga, we've had a conversation before. We've reflected upon, upon these issues. It's time we move in a direction of determining our own solutions within sector. Now, we need to understand that We own the assets. We own the bulk of the investment in sector. It is our commitment. It is our money. It is the sacrifices of our parents in our homes. It is the sacrifices of our siblings who who want to help create employment opportunities for us all within this country because it's stuck. And we are being misled by these global organizations which are unregulated because of the lack of willpower. So, yeah, yeah. The opportunity here is for us to collectively decide to give direction to our own investment. We need to decide where we place our assets. We need to decide where we commit our skills and times 
in an environment that will serve us. I like, I, I like the comment you're making, wait, 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 Batuka, because I don't want you to go too far because I want okay, us to come back yeah. to this thing. You are suggesting that there are two issues. So the first issue you raise is that we're not regulating properly here enough to compel some of these entities to, uh, you know, comply with the law. That's the one. And I like the point you make around joint decision-making and joint distribution of power over decisions that influence the workspace because that's what our law is about. But you're also saying something else. You're saying you want to take your assets because in a way these vehicles are yours and you are the ones who are beholden you know, to the obligations that come with them, the installments month on month. Are you suggesting that it's also about trying to take the risks that you've made, pooling those risks and actually creating your own platforms? I think more than creating our own platform, well, I represent people. That's what I do. That is my skill set. Sure. So let us come together in a representative body and begin to negotiate mm. the financial power that is behind us. Sure, sure, sure. We don't, it's, we don't, we own our vehicles, not in a way, we outright own them. Own them, yeah. You know, the, the, the legalities, the financial obligation to the banks sits with us. The mm. sits with us. We outright own them. We are the biggest investor within sector, and, and, and we need to then begin to, to show this in our behavior. You know what I like about what you've just said? There's a current process underway at the moment. Um, I think it's the Digital Economy ICT and Global Business Service Master Plan a process. Now, uh, what is concerning, I guess, is that you, your organization and many other smaller organizations, I mean, I think of the Uber Drivers Guild, there's also the uh, uh, Uber Eats Partners Network or something like that, Dwayne Barnard's group. Um, many of them are not maybe part of that process of that master plan. Um, and so there's something to be said about that. But were you to have been a part of that process? Um, I mean, what were some of the things that you would raise alongside this very crucial point that you've raised now, uh, which is about, one, getting share of voice based on the fact that you're the largest investor in this space as people who are volunteering the vehicles you own or that you have obligations over, but also, two, as the people who happen to work in this space? Or you break down the doors and go in, brother. <laughs> No, I'm saying, or oh, you break down the doors and go in. I mean, I guess in some oh, cases the incumbents do that. Yeah. Go in, but land. Mm, what will mm. our policy position be as we approach, as we take a stance to how will this industrial revolution or this tech revolution serve the people of South Africa? We need to be clear that technology must serve, must move to advance the, the human endeavor mm. and not simply replace it. And if we look at how global organizations like Uber are behaving, investing in driverless solutions. They intend to replace the driver, so there's no, there's, they are not motivated in any way to create a healthier working environment. Mm, mm, you know what I'm saying? But yeah. I, I, I then revert back to saying, as the P, as PPTA, as we move towards Transportation Month, we want to have more dialogues and want to invite people to engage with us, and we want to invite local participants to say, you know what? Let's find our own solution. Mm. Competition Commission came out with recommendations to say. Let let Department of Transport, Department of Transport, and other relevant institutions find a platform to empower meter taxis. Find a platform to empower local participants. So let us then go in. Let's kick that door down and tell them how we want to be mm, empowered. Mm. Because they are having big dialogues without us. Because they are making the assumption that we are not qualified to sit at that table. But I'm telling you, we are the best qualified to draft the policy to guide the country through this process. Batuka, 
a last one on my end, uh, a critical cog, and maybe we haven't discussed this or leg to this discussion, is uh, many of us as consumers of uh, the product or the service that is on offer here. What can some of the uh, consumers uh, do to, one, get a much greater awareness of the conditions of work in this sector, but also, two, uh, to potentially uh, place pressure to change that? You know, um, the power of your money is important. I think, firstly, investigate local solutions. You know, you've got you've got an app called Drive-By. It's a local solution, very effective. You've got an app called Vito, local solution, very effective. And the manner in which they are building those companies and pricing their, 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 their offering in, is, is reflective of, of, of industry and other participants. There's a sense of morality that shows itself there. So be intentional about which sort of platform you use. Do you understand my... Mm, mm, yes. Yeah. Be more intentional. Um, and, and, and I also just want to urge more people to, to stop buying vehicles and adding them on. It's, 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 you're putting yourself in danger. You're going to find yourself in a situation where you have an asset that's, mm. that's been destroyed, you can't pay the bank. You think, you think the market is saturated, uh, Batuka? It's extremely saturated. Hey, hey, People hey, can hey. go online for up to six hours and not even pick up one trip. And this is across all platforms. Hey, you know, if, hey, if we're hey. going to be honest, if we're going to be frank, you know, Uber and Bolt, this is, this is a topic that really upsets me. You know, if colonialism as a system had repeatedly raped a bastard, Uber and Bolt has a bastardized, exploitative children at best. These people care nothing for the operators in this country. Batuka Mbelengwa, let's leave it there, my brother. Certainly not the last time we're going to be speaking to you, but uh, I want to thank you for taking time out to speak to us. Thank you. Batuka Mbelengwa speaking to us this evening, and uh, he's the founder of the Public-Private Transport Association, uh, one of the collectives organized uh, by uh, many of the operators in this sector. But, uh, yeah, if there's any sort of commentary that Batuka has given to me, which is very self-apparent, but I guess just doesn't, yeah, maybe it doesn't land sometimes, is that they, in a way, are the biggest investor. I mean, these platforms wouldn't be material in any meaningful way if you didn't have vehicles. And one of the things that makes them so powerful and so moneyed as a platform is because they don't own that vehicle. So that obligation of ownership and the attendant, you know, responsibilities and rights that come with that uh, I don't know how to put it. I mean, they, they benefit from the rights of that because they have commissions on incomes based on uh, the ownership and I guess the, the trade that happens with the vehicles that are owned by the operators. But in some cases, and in most cases, I should say, uh, sometimes don't have to shoulder those obligations. And I think that uneven risk sharing is something we're going to have to pick up a lot more on this particular platform. We're going to take a brief break. And uh, when we come back, Uh, We take a look uh, briefly at uh, what's happening in our communities. We uh, take a listen to your voice notes. And uh, we also catch up with Dr. Zina Makubane, Associate Professor of Sociology at uh, Boston College. Stay tuned.